0: Hi, Debbie Mack here, your host of the Crime Crime Cafe. I would normally interview an author on my show. However, this week I'm doing something a little different. I'm going to have a radio broadcast made available by the old-time radio researchers group through the Creative Commons license. And it's a Philip Marlowe episode called Who Shot Waldo? So without any further ado... I hope you enjoyed the episode and on with the show. Thanks.
1: Lever Brothers Company presents the Pepsodent program The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, starring Van Hepner. Pepsodent presents Philip Marlowe. Hollywood's famous private detective created by Raymond Chandler. Philip Marlowe, tough, cynical, private eye of Murder, My Sweet, the sardonic, case-hardened detective of the Brasher Doubloon, the Lady in the Lake, and the Big Sleep. You've seen him in action in all of those top-flight mystery pictures. Now, in order that you may continue to enjoy this exciting mystery series, Pepsodent brings you the adventures of Philip Marlowe on the air with a cast of noted radio players and starring MGM's brilliant and dynamic young actor, Van Heflin.
0: desert wind blowing into Las Angeles that evening, it was one of those hot, dry Santa Ana's that come down through the mountain passes and curl your hair, make your nerves jump and your skin itch. On nights like that, every booze party ends up in a fight, and meek little housewives feel the edge of a carving knife and study their husbands' necks. Anything can happen when the Santa Anna blows in from the desert. I closed up my office early. I got tired of reading Philip Marlowe, private investigator, backwards in the ground glass at my office door. So I opened the door and closed it from the outside and locked it and went out to get a beer before I went up to my apartment. Uh,
1: fill her up again, Mr. Marlon.
0: Marlowe. Marlowe. Marlowe is a fish. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Hey. Hey, you
0: bartender. Come in on a ride. That drunk again. What'd you expect in this business? Autograph hounds. Make it snappy, yeah? Be right with you, Sport. I gotta draw this man a beer. Cry out loud, these stumble bums that come in here. We got another customer backers. And... Hey, bud, you seen a lady in here lately? A lady? Tall, good looking, brown hair, a print bolero jacket, and a blue silk dress. No, no sir. sir? No, sir. Nobody like that's been in. All ah, right, straight Scotch, fast. Left my engine running out there. Yes, sir? Yes, sir. This slick-looking, sarcastic guy stepped up to the bar and drank his scotch hold. Then he turned to go out. And he stopped. The drunk was grinning at him. And then, without changing his grin, the drunk swept a gun from somewhere so fast it was just a blur coming out. He made a couple of hard snaps and a little smoke curl. Very little.
1: All right, show it to guys. Don't move. So long, Waldo. All right, don't know you two.
0: Oh, Waldo. But I made his nose bleed. So long, boys. Crank up. All right, get on that phone, kid. I'll get his license number. Holy smoke. Holy smoke. Not too late. over away with this dead guy's car. Maybe he ain't dead. He's dead, all right. Where's your phone? This is for the police. The car boys were there in about five minutes. Waldo was out of business, all right. And nothing in his pockets told who he was, but he had about $700 on him. I told the cops what I knew, including about Waldo's tall, brown-haired pretty girl in the bolero jacket. It was about 9 o'clock when I stepped out of the elevator in my apartment house and almost walked right into a tall, brown-haired pretty girl in a bolero jacket, waiting for the elevator on my floor. Oh, excuse me. Just a minute, lady.
2: I said excuse me. I'm in a hurry. I'll be a Look, you better on. not
0: go outside in those clothes.
2: Just what do you mean by telling me... This
0: isn't a you? make. You're in trouble. Trouble? Yeah, the cops are looking for you in those clothes.
2: But I haven't done anything that's...
0: I'm in room 41 across the hall now. I never collected matching in my life.
2: All right, I'll go with you. I'll go.
0: I got to my room and rustled up some scotch and soda and the girl her glass. She had a small automatic in her hand. It jumped up at and her eyes were full of panic. I put down both glasses on the table slowly so that I wouldn't be misunderstood. Look, sister, maybe this wind has got you crazy, too. Don't move. Careful, don't move. A man just got shot in a bar down the street. Before he got it, he'd been asking about a tall, pretty girl with a bolero jacket like yours.
2: What did he look like, this man?
0: Tall, 5'11", slim, dark, dark brown eyes with a lot of glitter, dark suit, white handkerchief in the breast pocket. And he must have seen you earlier tonight to know how you were dressed. Am I getting anywhere? He used to be
2: my chauffeur.
0: You had an appointment with him, didn't you? Why? Listen, he asked for you, didn't he?
2: Yes, I had an appointment with him. He'd stolen something from me when he left three days ago. I was going to buy it back
0: from him. Why didn't you tell the police? I couldn't tell them. It was valuable, wasn't it? Valuable enough for Walter to steal? $15,000. Oh, it's peanuts.
2: But it wasn't the value. It meant something to me. The man I love gave it to me, and now he's dead. He was a flyer, shot down over Germany. I'll go back and tell my husband that he probably hired you.
0: He did. Well, how much is he paying me? And uh, where is this husband of yours?
2: He's got a meeting. This late at night? He's a very important man. He's a hydroelectric engineer. I'll let you know that my husband I'll is but
0: I'll take him out to lunch sometime, and have him tell me himself. And about Waldo. Whatever he had on you is dead stuck now, like Waldo himself.
2: He's dead. Waldo's dead.
0: Yes, sister. He's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Lady, he is dead. I scream and I'll give you two black eyes. I'm not going to scream. Who about this? There's a dressing room behind that door. Hide there. Now, don't argue with me. All right. And I went to the door making a loud yawning sound. The backs of my hands were wet. I opened the door. Without a gun, that was a mistake. I certainly knew the gun I was looking into. A twenty two target automatic that had already killed one man that night. And I knew the bald head and the flat, shiny eyes and the face like a poisonous lizard. Baldy put the muzzle of his gun lightly against my throat. I, I backed into the room, and Baldy kicked the door shut. You alone? Look for yourself. I'm asking, not looking. I'm alone. Even that dumb bartender saw me dust off Waldo. What did Walter do to you? Who's asking? Just making conversation. He stood only on a bank job we did together. Got me four years in Michigan Penn. How is he? Dead. <laughs> I'm still good. Drunk or sober. Tell me why I came here, pal. You heard the barkeeper and me talking. I told him my name where I lived. That's how, pal. I said why. I'll skip the hangman would ask you to guess why he's there. Oh, well, you're pretty tough at that, ain't you? But you're slamming off, pal. All right, but you could get that gun out of my neck and try somewhere else. Oh, yeah, sure. Is this better? Is this all right? Just mm. so it is my neck. Save when, pal? Chill, party. I leaned against the gun. The door at the dressing room showed a crack of darkness. The crack widened. I began to shake a little. The girl came quietly into the room, but there was white all around her iris. She was scared, She had her gun in her hand, but I was sorry for her. Dead sorry. She'd try to make the doors scream either way. It'd be curtains for both of us. You scared, mister? You worried about any little thing? I couldn't talk. The girl floated in the air somewhere behind Baldy, and her horrified face was drifting toward us. My mouth was as cooled and dry as yesterday's toast. Well, kid, how's it feel? You ready yet? Go on, say the word. Well, don't take all night about it if you're if you're gonna do something about it. Why not, pal? I like this. Now suppose I yell. Go ahead, yell. Go ahead. Hey, look! Oh? Thanks, sister. Thanks. That that buys me. Everything I have is yours now and forever. You flatter me no inly. I only punched you. All right, now get out of here while I call the cops down on this killer. Good night. Good night. Hey, wait, wait. Leave that Blair jacket here. It marks you for the couch. Oh yes. Here. Okay. See you again? What? Oh, I don't know. No, I guess not. After all, who might be the rival of a dead flyer? I'll see that the police get Jesse James here. Good night, lady. Oh. Yeah? mean me?
2: Yes. Please.
0: Oh, you. Again, huh?
2: Get in. I must talk to you.
0: You want to know what happened at headquarters, huh? Yes. Well, I went down there with the law and gave them a story. I left you out of it. Thank you. You saved my life, so no one knows a thing about you. Well, incidentally, neither do I.
2: Well, my name is Mrs. Frank Bosley. 212 Fremont Place, Olympia 24596.
0: Is that what you want? I guess so.
2: Well, there he
0: is. And why did you really come back? I wanted my pearls. Pearls? Yes. Pearls, too, huh? All right. Tell me about the pearls. We've had a murderer and a beautiful mystery woman and a sadistic killer and a heroic rescue. Now we will have pearls.
2: I was surviving back from a man called Waldo.
0: Well, I saw everything that came out of his pockets and there weren't any pearls.
2: Could they be hidden in his apartment?
0: It's possible.
2: Walter lived on the same floor you do in this apartment house.
0: And why didn't I know him? At least by sight. <laughs> he
2: moved in last week. He managed to get a sublet. Yeah,
0: great, a sort of an amateur magician on the side,
2: huh? It's getting rather late.
0: Yeah. What about your husband this hot, mysterious night? He's still at his meeting. Well, you could have brought him along. He could have sat in the back seat working out a problem in hydroelectrics while. Well, what? Well, I didn't have any answers. They wouldn't sound cheap or just ridiculous if from the sophomore class and late team. I had an unlit cigarette in my hand, I threw it out of the window. I took a hold of her and kissed her. She sat very still. I was shaking when I let go of her. Her voice trembled a little when she spoke.
2: I meant you to do that. I wasn't always that way. Only since Johnny Dalmas was killed in the war. He gave me those pearls. Forty-one of them perfectly matched with the diamond propeller cloth. I'd have loved them if they'd been wooden beads because he gave them to me. I love Johnny. The way you love just one time.
0: You understand that? Hmm. What's your name? Lola. Lola, how did you explain a $15,000 pearl necklace to your husband?
2: I told him it were in a and I bought for myself.
0: How did Walter latch on to them, what they stood for?
2: Well, my husband was in Argentina, Walter and I go for long drives. I was restless and wretched because of Johnny. Sometimes Waldo and I had a little drink together, but that's all.
0: But you confided, Waldo, about this pearl. I was a fool. And when your husband came back, Waldo stole the pearls and offered to sell them back to you, or he'd tell Papa, huh? I was a fool. And now you think the pearls are upstairs in Waldo's apartment? I suppose
2: it's a lot to ask.
0: No, sweetheart, huh? I've been paid. I'll go look. We're here, huh? Along, Lola?
2: No. Well? No. No pearls? No pearls. Oh.
0: There was a man in Waldo's room. Man? Who? You know a man named Leon Vostanus?
2: Not by name. I don't know.
0: Mexican, South American, about uh, 45, small, iron gray hair, very neat, fawn-colored suit, wine-colored tie. No,
2: I don't think I know such a man. Is he the one in Waldo's room? Yeah. What do you have to say?
0: Very little. In fact, nothing. He's dead. I sat with Lola Barsley in a car listening to that jittery, infuriating desert wind gallop around in the midnight streets. I just told her about the Latin-looking man I'd found in Walter's room in a very dead condition. I held her hands until they stopped trembling, and I gave her the few remaining details. He had a gun in a shoulder holster, but someone had strangled him before he could use it.
2: Someone, Waldo?
0: Maybe. You see that convertible coupe two cars have
2: been there for hours. Was there before I parked here to wait for you.
0: Well, Leon, the man in Waldo's room, came in that car, but according to the key containers he carried, that isn't his car. Well,
2: whose car is it? Does it matter?
0: Well, it belongs to a lady, according to the tag on the keys. A lady. Well, anyway, a woman, if you can split hairs. Eugenie Kolchinko, hmm? In West Los Angeles? Never heard of her. Uh-huh. All right, well, you go home now, huh?
2: What are you going to do?
0: Drive that flossy convertible around, wave at my friends, impress people. Run along now. Maybe I've got another date. <laughs> What is it, please? Miss uh, Eugenie Kolchenko?
2: Yes? What is it?
0: Did you lose or misplace a pigeon gray convertible coupe?
2: What, are you saying?
0: Now, don't be alarmed. I found it and I brought it home to you.
2: Come in, please. It is a reward you wish. Shall we say. Snap a...
0: out of it, Dragon Lady. Who was he? Who so what's who? A little guy, Leon. You loaned your car to He's dead. Who was he? Oh,
2: oh, no, no. Oh,
0: yes, yes.
2: Eugenie? Darling! Darling, come here, please.
0: What's the matter, honey? Who is this man? I came about Miss Kolchenko's car. What about her car? The gentleman who borrowed it couldn't return it on account of he isn't alive. She's dead. Darling, she's dead. Well, that's putting it more bluntly, of course. There, yeah, then. Hmm? Completely. Who are you? Philip Marlowe, private investigator. My card. Mm-hmm. You told the police yet? Never do at once what can be deferred pending negotiations. He's something. I'm not negotiating. Oh, peachy. What do you know, Marlowe? A man named Waldo was shot in a bar tonight. I happened to have the inside as to who he was. And when I visited his apartment tonight, I found this Leo Balsanos dead. He wouldn't have had $500 in 20s on him, would he? No, but this Waldo had over $700 on him when he was killed at that cocktail bar, mostly in 20s. Oh. Is there a basis there for negotiation yet? Very well, Marlowe. I'm a married man. With were certain unpaid bills for some stuff Miss Kolchenko here had charged to my account.
2: But you told me I might charge to your account.
0: All right, so I wasn't very bright. That might be the understatement of the decade, but go on. I had the unpaid bills safely in my briefcase. Somehow this Waldo had a chance to steal the briefcase. I hired Leon and gave him $500 to buy back those bills from Waldo. Instead, Waldo took Leon's dough and was forced to kill Leon in the process. Then he went out to keep another date and accidentally walked into an old pal hostile enough to blow him down. And someone still has those bills. And I didn't the them all The man who shot Waldo got away in Waldo's car with your briefcase in it. Yeah, that could be. The cops caught him. Oh. And the police have the briefcase. Maybe. But the police are interested in solving crime, not in tossing mud for the benefit of sensation eaters. Look, I've got to find it, too, at headquarters. Let me see what I can do. It's worth $500 to me. Well, then that's what it'll cost you. Well, good luck. And, um... Thank you, Mr., Marlow. Uh, Marlowe. Uh, Philip Marlowe, remember. My name is Frank Barsoli. Bars... Barsoli. Oh. What does that mean? The big hydroelectric engineer? Yeah. How did you know? My voices tell me. Who? Oh.
2: Darling, this man is manifestly insane.
0: It's the heat, Miss Kolchenko. It's the Santa and It's the desert wind. May I use your telephone? <laughs> Today I must tell you about Ibera. It's all of the earth, Ibera, detective lieutenant over Central Homicide. I phoned Ibera from Miss Kolchenko's house and told him where he could find a well-dressed cadaver named Leon and furnished a few small details. I gave Iberra time to check my tip and then I went down to see the good lieutenant and told him why I'd been up in Waldo's room, only to find Leon instead of a certain lady's string of pearls. Pearls, eh? Well, I thought Waldo might have them up there. Mm -hmm. Whose pearls were they? A ladies. Go on. Or they might have been in Waldo's car that Waldo's killer drove away in. Mm, yeah. What, yeah? They might have. Also a batch of unpaid bills charged to the account of a certain Frank Barsley. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, now the police aren't interested in domestic scandal. They they want to prevent or to solve crime, right? So. So I've got five hundred dollars for the police fund if those pearls and those bills are returned to their rightful owners. Oh, <laughs> Creature kid. No, no, it's it's a valuable necklace. Yeah. There's your necklace. That's it. Forty-one pearls, perfectly matched diamond propeller clasp. That's it. That's the one. Take it away, Morrow. On the level? Mm-hmm. Just tell me straight what it's all about, all yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Well, this Waldo was blackmailing a wife with the pearls. And her husband with the bills. By the name of Barsali. Well, Barsali sent Leon to get the bills from Waldo. Instead, Waldo killed Leon. Then stepped out and happened to get shot by that guy at the bar. Now, if Barsley's name stays out of the paper, I get $500. And that goes to the police fund. We'll keep him out. Well, no, I'm not in this case for money. I just want to get back the bills and the pearls. And as you say, Marlowe, the police sound in business to sling mud. Well, you can deliver the pearls to the lady yourself if you like. No, she no, it. no, uh, You better take them to her. You see, except for the diamond propeller clasp on them, they're, uh... They're phony. Phony? F- but it's... All but the clasp, Marlowe.
2: All but the clasp. The <laughs>
0: I see. So the fire, Johnny Downs, the great lover had given Lola a string of fake pearls. Well, I didn't know how to tell her, but I called her up and told her to meet me at the beachcombers. It, too, I was going to slip her the bad news slowly.
2: I'm glad you asked me to meet you here, Mr. Marlowe. See, I... I had to have someone to talk to. Well, go
0: ahead. I talk. I'm
2: No, Mr. Marlowe, now more than ever, I'm... I must have those pearls.
0: Why? Money trouble?
2: Oh, no, no. It's just that everything's gone wrong. And this morning, my husband told me where to separate.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Lola.
2: But if I had Johnny's pearls, it would be a link with the past. And with Johnny, they're only meant to me. It's how a woman feels, Mr. Marlowe. I wouldn't blame you for not understanding. Well, maybe I do, though. So please, Mr. Marlowe, please. You'll try to find my pearls.
0: Lola, well, well, look, I, Even well, if it look.
2: isn't all of them. Any part of them, any... Any single, smallest one of them.
0: It'll be Look, will you uh, meet here again around 4 o'clock?
2: I'll be here.
0: Okay, I'll see what I can do. There was only one earthly, decent thing I could do. I took Lola's glass pearls to a jeweler and I had him take off the diamond clasp, put it on one of those strings of so-called simulated pearls that they send you for 3 bucks, tax included. Then I went back to keep my four o'clock date with Lola at the beachcombers.
2: Well, Mr. Marlowe, anything new?
0: Yes, the um, police found some pearls in Waldo's car.
2: They found my pearls? No,
0: no, not, not exactly. Not
2: exactly. Marlo- no. Waldo
0: was getting set to you, Lola. He had the diamond clasp of your necklace attached to a string of cheap imitations. And then he sold the real pearls.
2: Oh, how...
0: These are the imitations here. Yes.
2: But it is my clasp glass is real. Is that all right? Yes, it's the glass that Johnny Dalmas gave me. Oh, of course, of course it's all right. Well, that's swell. Thank you so much, Mr. Marlowe. Forget it. I won't. Not if... but if this goodbye.
0: Yeah, I think so. You'll never get over Johnny Dalmas, will If anybody ever bothers you again, though, well, let me know. Name's Philip Marlowe. I drove almost to Malibu and in a parks and walked out on that rock cliff. Then I reached in my pocket and I got the string of Bohemian glass pearls that Lieutenant Ibarra found in Waldo's car. I cut the knot at one end and slipped the pearls off one by one. One by one, I flipped them into the water. Bell swooped down on them and he flapped up again, screaming indignantly. The phony pearls had fooled Waldo and the Barsley, but they couldn't fool a seat, bell. I said to myself, To the memory of Johnny Dalmas, just another four flusher. I listened a while to the wheeling seagulls. All at once I realized that the wind had died, the Santa had blown itself out. The red wind was done, it was over.
1: just heard Van Heflin starring in the first of a new mystery series, Raymond Chandler's The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, brought to you by the Lever Brothers Company, makers of precedent. Tonight's story on The Adventure of Philip Marlowe is based on Red Wind, written by Raymond Chandler, creator of Philip Marlowe, the screen's most famous private detective, was adapted for radio by Milton Geiger. Third with Van Heflin was Loreen Tuttle as Lola Barsley. And this is Wendell Niles inviting you to listen again next week at this same time to another exciting story on The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, starring Van Heflin with a distinguished cast.
0: Actually, I'll have another author back for an interview in two weeks. Thank you.